In sport, there is nothing more satisfying than silencing a big crowd. 24 hours later, you could hear a pin drop as 100,000, 92,000 Indian supporters were stunned by one of the toughest, gutsiest, almost complete performance by serial champions Australia this morning. The experts were expecting a one-sided contest. The experts said bat first. The experts were right on one thing at least. It was a one-sided contest all right, as Australia comfortably took care of heavy, heavy favourites India by six wickets with seven overs to spare, chasing 241. Today on the Maxim Cricket Podcast, we discuss how. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. My name is Manta and I'm joined by Lugsy and Jacko for a final World Cup show. If you've enjoyed the coverage, please do leave us a like and bang that subscribe button like Travis Head. Bang the shit out of the Indians today. Lads, I've got one question at the top today. What the fuck just happened? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty shocking, I think, all things considered. Um, I sort of went to bed at... I think it might have been one thirty for three. Coley set, Rahul set, and just sort of went to bed thinking like, oh, right, oh, Coley ton, bit of like bottom water support stuff. India probably get three, three thirty, three forty, and, and defended easily, and and woke up to. Uh, I, I think India just struggled to score another hundred runs, and and Aussie did it at an absolute canter. So. Um, yeah, not really sure. I suppose just big boys flexing muscles. Um, another World Cup win for Aussie. Chalk another one up. Um, Gav, play my receipts. I've been on Aussie this whole tournament. Um, so yeah, just clip that in for me. And yeah, up, up Aussie. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you're putting us in this experts category here, Munter. Um, <laughs> but I, I certainly didn't see Australia win in this World Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, what what the fuck happened is Australia play win World Cups. That's that's what happened. Um, there is a DNA in there that goes back a long way, and they step up when it matters most. Um, I refuse to believe any other team would have beat India in that World Cup final. Um, mm. There's just something about that Aussie team, the fight they have. When Maxwell got row hit, I mean, I was, I, was, I couldn't believe the fizz in him. And the edit, I was just like, oh, they really, really believe they can do this. And they're just going to keep in this, keep taking wickets and just incredible scenes. I mean, yeah, there's nothing really like that, that final 100,000 there-ish. Just incredible, just Australia uh, doing what they do. At least in the 2015 World Cup final I saw today. Yeah, that's... If I'm an Indian fan, that's not a stat that I'm particularly proud of. um, When it's... 130,000-seat sta- uh, stadium, you've got a billion people. Um, that's another what the fuck happened. I don't – like, mm-hmm. did they take that towards the end when people were starting to leave or um, – because at the start, it was absolutely la- – because th- that was the thing, because obviously it's not a good time zone for us. And when I, I went to bed slightly earlier than Jacko, and I went to bed probably um, probably 70 for one, I think. 71, and that, the crowd was going absolutely oh. ballistic. It was so loud. And then I woke up at, I woke up at four and trying to watch the next couple, the last couple of hours. And I think, I think Australia were 130 for three or 140, 180 for three or something like that. And honestly, you could hear a pin drop. It was 
unbelievable. They ride, they ride the highs and the lows. Um, and not like, cause not many people, like not many people, no one picked this before the game. Like if, if you actually picked this, like you were looking for a, like a bite, like there's no way you actually genuinely thought Australia were definitely going to win. There was nothing that thought that there's nothing that suggested that they should win this game. And definitely no one picked them to win that game after at the toss when Cummins selected to bowl. There was a lot of raised eyebrows from the con box, a lot of experts thinking, what are you doing? You're giving you're giving up the advantage on a slow wicket. Um and I certainly I certainly thought it was game over when Rohit was just going nuts. Like at the start I thought, here we go again, forty seven off thirty one balls inside the first nine overs. India flew out the gate, seventy six for one inside the first ten overs. I think it's the fifth or sixth time they've passed seventy in the first ten. Um like Rohit's been like the spiritual leader. He's the Brendan McCullum of this World Cup. Um, just the way he's sort of released the shackles and come out, come out firing. No one scored more runs at a high strike rate inside the power play. Um, and, and it took it took something really, really special. There was a special catch. Like Smithy was on comms, nailed it as per. And like you, you touched on, just what it meant for the Australian side. That that felt like it was the turning point. Like it was a point where Australia thought we are on. And you could tell by the way Maxwell was sort of screaming. So how, how big was that, that wicket of Rohit in the big scheme of things? Yeah, I think it just goes down to that, that silencing aspect of that crowd. That crowd is probably their sort of 12th player, um, really makes it that daunting place to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting their leader to, you know, Everyone was probably thinking in the crowd, here we go, Rohit's on for a massive hundred and um yeah, we can we can just go bananas for, you know, seven hours straight here and lift the World Cup. But um yeah, I think I think getting him and then yeah, you well, you saw that fizz, you saw how much they were up for it. That was just there like, right, now we're actually in the fight, boys. Now it's time for us to like get a couple back, make this tricky, and let's you know, probably at that stage I think in three hundred or less is a is a as a score here. Um, so sort of let's work towards that. But getting getting that first one and getting that big one of Rohit just, just started them off really and um they were they were pretty exceptional from there, I thought. I think the the big key with getting Rohit is if he bats eight to ten overs, you can you can sort of accept that if he's gonna get forty seven off twenty. That's when Rohit goes deep and bats twenty five thirty, it's game over. Because he'll have hundred and fifty by then. So mm. I think to get him in that first team, despite him getting away and setting that platform, it still doesn't hurt you so much that you can't come back. You wait, as I say, you wait 15, 20, 25, it's damage done. It's too much. So you've got to get him in that first team, despite the damage he's already done. Well, similar, platform, similar to when you have like a, a really good bowler and you say, right, if they get one for 60 off their 10, we're happy. Or like one, even if it's like none for 40, that we're happy. Um, it's sort of like you say, like you get you get Rohit within ten, and yeah, India probably aren't scoring four hundred, but three hundred is definitely on the card. So I thought hmm. the template for India has quite often been Rohit goes nuts at the at the top, Kohli bats deep, everyone bats around him, JSI goes nuts, uh, Rahul goes nuts, Sky goes nuts, three fifty bowlers go nuts, game over, and JSI was out early, Cummins sort of nicked him off. But then sort of Coley and Rahul, they, they re, re, rebuilt rather nicely. And you thought, oh, his status quo, 148 for three off 28. Here comes the launch. 
They did score very slowly, which has come under a little bit of criticism. 70 off the next 18 overs to get to 148. Um, I'm, I'm not one of them that's going to criticize that because I think the greatest one day better of all time has a few credits in the bank to sort of assess the conditions and go, this isn't a 330 pitch, this is a 280 pitch. So I'll, I'll give him that. But immediately afterwards, the, the tide did turn and it was Captain Pat that did, did it again. I just want to list off some of Captain Pat's highlight reels as skipper just this winter. Twice with the bat, he's gutsed it out and won a game for his country. Once at Egyptian and then again in, against Afghanistan. After two heavy, heavy losses in the World Cup. A lot of teams written them off. They were last place after two two games. Um, Sri Lanka were then 120 for none after not many. And it was Cummins that started the rot, which started a wave of wins for Australia till today. He did it again in the final. Coley, who had been impregnable, chopped on for 54 uh, off Cummins. And that's what started what I think won Australia the game. We'll talk about head later on. But I think this next patch to play where India lost 7 for 92 to be all out for 240-odd. Stark took two. Hazelwood took two. Slow conditions. The performance from the same is... For Australia today, unbelievable. Like honestly, can't speak highly more highly of them enough. In the last game, they had those favourable conditions against South Africa, and they were awesome, you know. But they had the conditions in their favour. If anything, these conditions were made to favour Jadeja and Cool Deep. They took none apiece. They found a way. Cutters, bumpers. I got this is a twofold question for you boys. Do you think we can now fully appreciate Cummins as the captain, and also? the fast bowling trio of Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, because they have been on top for almost a decade now. Yeah, I think you you and I touched on this end of last week when we sort of talked about, um, you know, legacy stuff for this Aussie side. And if you look at look back at the last six months, I mean, wheelchairs champions, retained in Ashes and Aussie, push into the brink in a test series and, and now a World Cup that... that Quite frankly, no one sort of gave them any sort of chance to win um, outside of their dressing room, probably. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Cummins has got the sort of pulse of that locker room perfectly. Um, probably a, a pretty brave decision to sort of push out JL um, when when he did and uh, sort of, you know, have Andy McDonald be there and be their sort of guy. Um so yeah, I mean, from a from a captaincy standpoint, in terms of he's gone out on a limb of, of what he thought was needed and sort of backed himself. I mean, in terms of modern captains, he's probably got to be right up there now after the last sort of six months, and they're not on the fast bowling trail. That they could be the best there is, um, just in terms of record and, and ability to play all formats. And um, we sort of spoke probably about <clears throat> South Africa and India and. Uh, even Pakistan sort of pace options for this World Cup. But, um, yeah, th- these guys sort of flew under the radar all the way until the semi-final, uh, won them the game against South Africa, and then have sort of done the exact same deal against India. So you've got to tip your cap. Yeah, because, I mean, for a lot of this World Cup, I think this, especially early on, this was going to be almost the black mark against this bowling side that they, at this World Cup, they, they couldn't put it together and they were relying on Zamps a bit. And yet when it matters most, they have come together in the semi-final and the final, which, let's be fair, are going to be the two games that get remembered. 
um, they've stepped up as big as they can, and and they've basically won this team, team the World Cup. So after the year they've had, I mean, this uh, it feels like a, an insanely up and down year for this Australian side. Just when you took it game by game, there was criticism in India, um, losing that South African series, the start of this World Cup, uh, sorry, in England, um, but. I mean, now you look back on it and they've retained the Ashes, won the World Test Championship and won what would seemingly be an unwinnable World Cup. I mean, it's an insane six months spearheaded by that trio. Um, Just incredible, really, to to think where they are at now after this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, And and even... Because even after the first innings, 240, you know, probably... Probably thirty to forty under par. I think two seventy or two eighty was probably par. Three hundreds, like a very very good score. But I still think India have shown that they can defend that, um, especially with the attack they've got, and especially with the start they had because they had them three down inside the first seven overs, only forty seven on the board. Warner, Marsh, Smith gone, big names in the shed. Boys, if I had told you that Australia were 40 for three and they still needed another 200 to get, what odds are you giving them to win from there? Oh, probably, yeah, probably mid fours, high fours, 480. Especially in India, <laughs> slow, spinners to come. Yeah, maybe I'll give you 480. Yeah, look, I, um, and I'll tell you what, Smith. Didn't review and got hit outside the line, just um, which was an odd one. Heaps. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, it did look out, but normally as a batsman, even if you are out, you review. So it's a, mm. it's always a strange one when a when a batsman doesn't. But yeah, I mean, when Warner got out, you talked about the noise in that crowd. When Coley took that catch early, I there can't there can't be many crowds that have ever been louder than that. Mm. They went absolutely apeshit that Indian crowd, and they stayed up. Um, those three wickets. So at, at forty for three, I still thought India. This like because it just the whole World Cup. It just felt like their World Cup to win. Um, and I just oh. assumed they would pull it out. Even two forty, as you say, I was like, it's only going to take a couple of early wickets, and this suddenly seems a big score. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know if this is the time to pivot to Travis Head, but yeah, no. what what a performance. No, that's no dead right. That's that was that was because I was sort of expecting, I was expecting another twist. I think that's what we all were expecting that there was going to be one last Indian run, yeah, at least, and that they weren't going to sort of run away with it. But no, that was it. It was at Travis Head minus 192 run partnership. Travis Head 137 off just 121 27 balls and a final, the seventh person to make 100 in a final, the highest. <laughs> Uh, score in a final while chasing. It was just calculated aggression, which I think sums up Australia in knockout games cricket. It's calm, it's planned, but when the time is right, it is bloody ruthless. Um, no one spared. Shami goes at almost sevens, the bowler of the tournament. Spinners go wicketless. Siraj goes at six and a half, and then he has the perfect foil in Manus. 58 red off 110 balls, which at first glance you think that's pretty slow. Um, but it's partnership batting, and it wasn't easy when he came in. Um, and, and it's a great story for Manus because he's obviously left out of the original 18-man squad, um, not the 11, like 18. Like There were apparently seven players preferred to Manus 
when they named the squad. He was meant to captain Australia A versus New Zealand A. Could have used him, actually, with that series. Um, but since then, uh, he played 19 ODIs in a row by sheer weight of runs and injuries, bit of luck. He's he's the man when there is a problem, and that's what he did tonight, guys. How impressive was this partnership? Uh, I mean... It's it's right up with the with the um, with the Maxwell Cummins one for me. I think um, just magnified on the on the world stage, like on the biggest stage, in front of you know a massive crowd. And we've sort of talked to a World Cup that like India's probably got the best batting lineup and probably the best bowling lineup. So whatever their batters get, their bowlers are going to be better than your other team and um, be able to defend it or have you know, set something reasonable for their team to chase. And um, for that partnership to be in a final in India on a rough wicket against that bowling attack, um, it, yeah, I, I can't can't remember probably just a, <clears throat> as big of a partnership in a final. Like I know there's probably been bigger individual performances than heads. Um, but in terms of, you know, just a, they were in real trouble when they started batting together. So um, not easy yeah, conditions. To, to sort of, no, tough conditions in India. Like, yeah, for, for them to bat together, and as you said, like the 38 off 110 or whatever it was, is um, it, it is calculated because, you know, heads going good at the other end and, and you've just got to stay with them so you don't have that sort of twist that Crom talked about. Like if if Manus gets out 20 off 60 balls and a couple of guys are asked to come in and um, accelerate when they're not in and not used to the wicket, that, that game probably goes very differently, so... Uh, even with heads runs. So, yeah, maybe the biggest World Cup partnership ever. Yeah, I mean, we you spoke about the tough conditions. I mean, they're tough conditions even if it was a road. Like, to come in with that crowd, with that circumstance in a final. I mean, you'd still, you'd still wouldn't, you know, it would still be hard to score runs out there if that was the best pitch in the world, let alone what they were dealing with, though. But that's why I say I just don't think any other team would have won. There's just situations at that game that I swear Australia are the only team that that believe and answer would have answered the call. Like forty for three, but he, he just goes on the attack, and he's just there's just such a fuck you about some of these Aussie guys. Like they really just they believe, and that you almost sense they want those conditions with the with the massive crowd there because they just love to silence them. Um, we did just speak about it earlier, and it has been made official for the next week at least. Head has gone to number one um, in the head ranking. So, I mean, this is a massive call. Oh. He's, he's overtaken getting head. So this is pretty <laughs> remarkable stuff is, from Travis. Is that, and, he goes is that because, to, and he goes to number one. Is that because getting head isn't uh, isn't around enough? Is that is that the reason behind it? We just need to see that's, more that's, of getting head? Yeah, it's <laughs> certainly. I mean, if we're talking to me directly, yeah. It is a huge issue with the Travis has been there for me a lot more lately. Travis just a bit more consistent than getting heat, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what a what an insane sort of eighteen months to, to twenty four months he's had. I mean mm. he's just he's part he's yeah, just well, cemented himself as a as a huge member of this golden Australian era. He loves he loves tough runs, like important runs. I think yeah. that's like when the sort of chips are down and stuff. Like I think one of the, my favourite innings is that one at the Gabba when against South Africa when like no one could even score a run and that just got 90 or fuck all. Um, man in the match of the World Test Championship final, man in the match of the semi-final, man in the match of the final. Like th- that's th- th- – these accomplishments are starting to stack up. Yeah. 
That's why he's number um, one. That's why he's number one. Okay. Um, the opposite of number one right now is India. Um, we probably we probably want to touch on them. Um, and maybe is this a choke? Is it not a choke? Because the, the big burning question is, if they can't win this World Cup at home, all, all the all the decks stacked in their favour, pitch conditions change to suit their to suit their team. Maybe it hindered them, or maybe not. The best team by a mile. They've won. Well, I think I've seen a stat with in the last two, three World Cups, they've lost one group game, which is insane. Insane to think if if they can't win this World Cup, what World Cup could they win? Yeah, um, it's a tough question, and I think Rich from we, we spoke Kiwi, about yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're probably <laughs> we're probably the only sort of team least likely to win a World Cup than India at the moment. Um, but anyway, uh, it just it just feels like for India, um, we we said this they were going to be a tough team to beat twice, which is where you know you're never going into a game to lose it, but they never had that you know. Loss. How do we adjust? How do we get them next time? Like not a, even a close probably, game. No, nah. and really? and I don't want to say complacency was there, but it, it's more like that Aussie team was pretty battle tested by the time they got to the final. That had their signature win. That had that get out of jail game where you know they needed something special, and, and you know that that had guys struggle who have you know come on and and actually sort of started peaking at the right time. Um, and I think that's how you actually end up winning tournaments. Um, you see it all the time in sort of the NBA and NFL and, you know, the team that's 14 and 0 or 72 and 10 just doesn't quite get it done in the finals because they're not that battle tested team. There's, there might be a chemistry thing there. there. There's that getting on a run, that Cinderella story, which for whatever reason in sports tends to prevail over the best side. Um, so I, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a choke job or a complacency thing. Because I know they wouldn't have been complacent, but um, yeah, it's just you, yeah. You feel like you're better to go six and five and sneak in and go on a run <laughs> than than going nine and zero and losing the final. Yeah, I just I can't I can't accept that Coley or, or Rojo or any of these guys would be complacent. Um, I think as as you say, Jacko, like. It's more of just a how many situations were it, how many different situations were they in that World Cup that they really needed to pull out different things and different conditions and it just felt they were front runners the whole way. Um, I mean that's it's probably yeah it's one of the most dominant displays for ten out of eleven games you'll ever see at a tournament. Um, and unfortunately, in the in the eleventh one, the one that matters, it's it's gone horribly wrong. I mean. Yeah, I just I, I really can't explain it that much except for uh, Australia are, are a battle-tested team that know how to win important games and and got up for it and it was just one of those days for any, I don't know if you want to it's a bit lazy to say it was one of those days for you but yeah I, I I you can't really explain it they were the best team nearby a way long way they are 99% of the student. they are the seventy-three and nine Golden State Warriors they just are like yeah. They, they are the side that broke all sorts of records, but then when push comes to shove, they panicked. I don't know if they were – I don't think they were complacent. I don't think they came in thinking they would wipe the floor with Australia or anything. But I think – yeah, I think you guys touched on it. They weren't battle-tested. They weren't pushed. They never really had to 
to move away from plan A or plan B. Whereas if you look at Australia's run, they found themselves in so many different situations where they never really played that well. So, so many different people had to dig them out of a hole. They found themselves in all these types of uh, situations. And obviously they played their best game last and India didn't. But I just felt like there was a little bit of pressure put on India and I think they panicked and they sort of, they actually went away from some of the things. Like there's no real reason for Australia to read that pitch better than India. Like it's, it there shouldn't, that shouldn't happen, but I think that's what happened. Like for whatever reason, India were like, this is the team we're going to go in. There was talks of Ashwin playing over Siraj. And I think, I, th- I think that would have made a difference. You know, you think about the one thing we talked about when Hardik Pandya disappeared was they now have a really long tail and it never really came to the, came to the crunch, but tell you what when Shammy was batting eight and he looked terrible eight one of the worst eights going around um you're like tell you what wouldn't have mind Ashwin walking in there and then in the second innings for whatever reason every game Siraj had the new ball and Shammy's come on second change and now a little bit of panic sets in Shammy takes the new ball Siraj bowls fifth change he comes in in the 17th over gets absolutely whacked because he's, he's not blowing with a new ball now if that's Ashwin Maybe it's a different ball game. Maybe Ashwin against Head. That's that's something with his left hand or something. And I just think that's maybe a little bit of complacency with the pitch. But then when they're in the in the fight, there's just a little bit of panic um, that they're going to have to overcome at some point. Yeah, I think you're touching it like perfectly about the plan A, plan B stuff. And it it didn't feel like they played. You know, they had to dig deep into their plans because it was either bat first and our bowlers will defend it because we'll get heaps um, or the other way around and our bowlers will just get what we do or, or we'll chase something because they've set us something reasonable. So, um, yeah, they didn't have to go into plan C and, and B and D and, you know, Aussie did and they had to go deep into that list. I think, you know, that what were they, 90 for seven against Afghanistan and, you know, Maxwell cramping deluxe, like, that's probably plan Z as Andy McDonald's drawing things up for this World <laughs> Cup. Maybe even AA, get it, get around the alphabet again. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's it's just when you learn different ways to win games, you can rely on that. And as you said, like that bit of panic and like, Siraj has to bolt the new ball there if you picked him. So it's like, you know, they, they, got, they went away from sort of plan A, plan B, and then plan C and, and D through whatever was needed wasn't actually there and they didn't know how to do it and they hadn't done it and been successful at it yet. So, um, yeah, I think, think there's a lot to be said with facing a lot of adversity in tournaments to get you through to a final and, and then having to win it. Yeah, like last thing I'll quickly say is because I'm sure some people will be like, oh, India had their moments where they were tested, you know, straight away with that Aussie first game, but it's still Coley getting them out of that. Like that's, that's very, you know, Coley getting out of your out of that game and getting a wonderful 100, that's not quite the same as having Maxwell do it once. He'd do it. Warner got runs at times. Mm. Um, Mitch Marsh doing it. Like him, knowing so many guys in your team can can do a job for you, builds so much more confidence in, in front running and then just seeing Coley, Coley do it. But, I mean, yeah, it's hard to criticise that because what, no one draws it up like that, as we say. Like India being so dominant, 
it may have affected them in this final, but it's not like you're not going to take that every time. You're not going to not want 10 out of 10 and, and looking at them as dominant as you can. So it's, I don't know, it's a, a victim of their own success in a way, potentially. It's definitely a monkey on the back, that's for sure. Um, should we should we go, should we talk about a tournament team? Um, there's definitely a couple, couple of changes from that final. Um, so what we'll do is I've, I've got here a, a first 11 and then I've got a second 11 and then we'll just have a wee discussion about what our actual final 11 should be. Um, so with, uh, yeah, our first 11 is, uh, Rohit Sharma as they skip. He's going to open with Quinton de Kock, who's going to be their keeper. Virat Kohli, player of the series. He's at three, averaging a hundred at, that's ridiculous. Um, young Ratchet Ravindra, um, he's going to be at four, could be three, could be opening. He just has to be in this side. Uh, unbelievable David World Cup. Big Daryl Mitchell, um, he is at five. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, we talk about the, the big innings, 230s against India. That's phenomenal stuff. Glenn Maxwell at number six. So I think that was, that was a bit of a given. I mean, that 200 will go down on folklore. Um, Jadeja. He's been sensational with the ball, right up there with the top wicket takers and very handy with the bat. Um, the bowlers are the worst number eight in the world. Mohammed Shami was absolutely ridiculous with the ball. Um, what's he ended up with? 24 wickets at 10. Um, and he's played four less games than uh, Zampa, who is our next uh, next cab off the ranks at um, 23 wickets. He's batting at uh, he's going to be at nine. Then we got Bumra. He is just simply the best bowler in the world. Don't care what format it is, what conditions. Um, he is the best bowler in the world. Um, and then rounding at eleven, I'm going to be. I'm going to go um, Madashanka, who was the third top wicket taker. Um, who I think is very impressive considering how poor the rest of the attack was. And for him to do as well as he has done without anyone backing him up. I think sort of says a lot about how good this kid is. Very young as well. Um, the second 11, we've got Travis Head, David Warner, Mitchell Marsh. That's an Aussie top three. Shayas Iyer and, and your fourth slot. <clears throat> Kara Hall, he's going to keep. Um, we have Afghanistan in here. Asmatola Omazai, he averaged over 70 in this World Cup. Master of a chase. Um, David Miller was my finisher. Um, the, I think that 100 in that semi just sort of tipped the scales for me. Now the bowlers, my spinner is Mitchell Santner. Um, my three bowlers, uh, Jared Coots here from South Africa in the day of the World Cup. Very good last spell against Australia, I must say. Shahina Freddie with the new ball. And then Josh Hazelwood um, rounded out my 11, only, only going at fours in this World Cup. So, um, boys, what are your thoughts um, any any sort of players that could sort of sort of move up to that first eleven for you? Uh, yeah, I mean it's tough because it probably knocks out our wicketkeeper um, in a way. But I mean he probably has to sneak into that first eleven. Uh, man in the match in the semi, man in the match in the final. Um, you know they they've won the World Cup basically on, on his shoulders, so. Yeah, so somehow he's probably got to sneak in there for me, um, especially the amount of games he played. Um, he, he was absolutely brilliant. Who, who's to say what he would have been like for a, for a full quota? So, 
yeah, he, he's probably the only one in there that, that probably does need to be uh, somehow on that side. But, um, yeah, the rest is probably no real argument. Um, Hazelwood going at fours is a, is a stat, just quietly. Um, probably could push the Sri Lankan uh, for that last seamer spot. But, um, no, I'm happy with those. Probably my only two. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Hazelwood going at four st- stood out to me as well. That's, um, in this modern era, that's nothing short of phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, I think, yeah, it depends how you do it. It's one of those age old arguments, isn't it? Like the MVP versus the who's the best player. Um, cause he, he's going to be, if we talk about, if we were just naming the team on what sticks out from this World Cup, he's going to stick out as much as anyone. Um, so he, I guess he'll be in that. The team people remember of the World Cup, whether he's done enough based over the whole tournament, um, that's up for anyone to debate. I don't think anyone's going to be mad if you if you got him in the side, but um, I don't think you can drop a decock or anyone. So it's, it's yeah, it's just one of those things with, with what you want to think there. Um, well, Mark, Mark, I'm sure you do, do you want to compare the uh, do you want to compare the stats? Do you want to compare the stats for the with the head versus decock? So you got you got Travis. I head, think the six, stats. Yeah. Well, it's, it depends on what you look for. I don't, I don't think it's yeah. – it's, it's just the game's play, really, because you've got Travis Head, 329 runs in six games, averaging tick under 55. But he's got that strike rate at like a 128 with 200 and a 50. So that sort of yeah. impacts stuff. Where you've got Decock, um, 594 runs in 10 innings, uh, averaging f- just under 60. 400s striking at just under 110. So I guess it's just – I guess it's just sort of impact versus bulk, bulk effort is sort of where you um, is the question, I guess. Could have be you, a have you missed... between Decock and Head in the tryouts. Um, just quietly, has did, did, he got three hundreds? Did he not? Did he not belt us for one? Yeah, that was the second one. He got. Two, did you not get a, what did he get in the semi final? Uh, sixty odd. Oh right, yeah, right, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. So as I say though, yeah, um, it's just whatever, whatever you want to favour there. Um, yeah, Van Verduus and Mark and maybe push for that second eleven. Don't, don't officially know how they ended up, but it, just in terms of memories, they set it alight pretty early with some of their batting. But yeah, I think the bowlers are fairly. I mean, Hazelwood, as you say, going at fours may push, but I think I think the batting's more up for debate just because there was so mm. much good hitting in this World Cup. Bowling it's does really hard to, to the bowling does sort of fall off a cliff quite quickly. So I, I think there's not really. Yeah. I've basically nah. got like all all the top wicket takers from like Santner. Basically, the top eight wicket takers are all in there. So um, after mm. that, you're looking at yeah, you're getting into your, like Harris Ralph, who was like extraordinarily bad. Um, your Starks, who yeah, was sort of very good in the last two games, but very poor outside of that. Um, so yeah, I think the bowling's bowling's sort of tough on, but the batters. Um, what'd you say, Van, Van der Dusen? Van der Dusen, he was pretty good. He what he averaged forty nine, a couple of hundreds and a fifty. Yeah, oh, no, pretty, that's, that's pretty, Mitchell Marsh actually. So actually two hundreds and two fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, Mitch Marsh, very good. I guess I guess the I guess it was between Van der Dusen and Mitchell Marsh for me, and I think I think just in terms of impact with Mitch, the big bison. Um, when he's yeah. on, he's destructive. The nickname gets him home there too, probably. It really does. It just say it just. When you're looking, Bison runs are big runs, aren't they? When you when you're looking back as well, it feels like if there's a tiebreaker, you always take the team that's just won the won the World Cup, don't you? Yeah. 
Um, okay, any any closing thoughts about the World Cup, lads? Um, I think just from our perspective, especially as a New Zealand team, this was really just the Champions Trophy qualifiers. Um, <laughs> good for us to um, get into that. And when we win that, it'll probably be a more prestigious uh, victory than this because only eight teams are going to be there. So, um, yeah, yeah, good to get those Champions Trophy qualifiers out of the way for the caps. And, and we really launched at this, at this Champions Trophy and, and win the big one. Yeah, very interesting World Cup, really, is it? I don't know how this one will be looked back on. Sort of disappointing at times with some of the crowds, and yet when the crowd was right, it was probably the best crowd you'll ever see at a World Cup in terms of noise um, and passion. So interesting there. And I don't know, I feel like in 10 years, people will forget Australia somehow pulled this out because it just feels like that that was India's World Cup. They dominated for so long, and yet somehow we, we turn away from this in Australia once again, world champs. So, yeah, very interesting World Cup. Good one. I think a, a good platform for a lot of the smaller nations. Hopefully can build on that and you'll never pick against Australia again. Yeah, good platform for India to go again. I think um, I think it's probably means, it probably means that we will get to have another World Cup because it's, India now have to go around again. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't yeah. have like if they won that if they won that final convincingly they might have just gone well this game's clocked uh, what what else yeah. you got one day cricket's done what um that, sort of in the depths of that stadium when that game was sort of sealed do you think the head of the BCCI was on the phone to the ICC saying how do we get the next World Cup in India like we have to stack the deck <laughs> again we go again. I tell that's you what, what they're doing with the SA twenty. That's why they funded the SA twenty so that they could like yeah. the other shoes gonna the other shoe's gonna fall and they're gonna be like, You're gonna give us that World Cup. Yeah. All yeah. World Cups are in India. It's lucky the Indian crowd doesn't doesn't come across anywhere as a particularly violent one. Because that would have been absolute chaos in some places. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're talking thirty for thirty, the ride of Delhi. <laughs> yeah, like Delhi Doomsday. It was, it was when, Steve, uh, when Steve Smith, I mean, sorry, when Manus, when Boomerah had Manus LBW and it got not given, um, it was described on comms as a tragedy. So that's where we were at, <laughs> we were at at one point. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. Okay, right, let's let's wrap her up. This is the, uh, the final show of the World Cup. If you have enjoyed the ride, then please do like and subscribe. We are going on a wee hiatus for the next while. I am fortunate enough to be having our second child any day now. This podcast has been going nonstop for a good year and a half, and it's been an incredible ride. Just a fantastic excuse to talk a bunch of shit with some good friends. It's a bonus we have had so much support in this World Cup, so thank you for all that. But now it's time to pay the piper, so to speak, as we as a group take a break, reassess, come back strong in 2024. Thanks to Lugsy and Jacko, of course. Without these guys, none of this is possible. When it's been a rough week, sometimes it's just great to talk about some dodgy pitches and the like for an hour or so. So with that, we will see you all next time. Thanks, good spraying India, spraying India on our way out. Catch you. Yeah. One real cricket the, England just in the closing pit. Here's the door. Yeah. <laughs> Calamino's like, like India and England. Good to see them fighting this World Cup. Catch you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>